When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week. It's doggy pod time. G'day mate, and how you going? That's for our Australian audience and for our international audience. Uh, that translates to hello everyone and welcome. Welcome, yes, to the Doggy Pod. I'm Dr. Rob Zammett, and here is my friend and producer, Stephen Peters. Yes, we do have quite a few people from the States listening to our show, which is, which is lovely. We get a lot of feedback from them. Yes, welcome. And in this episode, Dr. Rob will give you some tips on buying a rescue dog. I'm also going to tell you some war stories of my time as a veterinarian. Some of the stories where I've been bitten, scratched, barked at, and well, you name it. Yes, yes. Just another day in the office, huh? Absolutely. Um, and is there a difference between the sort of food you should be feeding a puppy compared to an adult dog? Now, before we get into that, as always, talking about your life as a vet, mm. how's the week been? Lightning. I mean, lightning struck twice. I think I've mentioned this briefly before on the doggy pod. Mm. I couldn't believe it had happened a second time. I had to go out to um, help some elderly people with a dog. They said it's had a stroke and has to be put to sleep. And I thought, oh, this is, uh, this is terrible. I didn't even think about this happened to me way back in 1978. That's, Bloody hell. Yep. It was January 1978. I'd only just become a vet and I had to go at the same thing. I'd forgotten all about it. But I get there and I was greeted by this really friendly Kelpie with, and had a leg missing. This Kelpie, you know, mm-hmm. three-legged dog came running down the road, the, the road to, from where, you know, the house to where I was driving up. I carefully parked, made sure I didn't hit the dog, of course, <clears throat> got out and I saw this dog's leg. It was right up and they said, I'm, I'm looking for the dog with, that had the stroke, laying down, not able to get up, mm. etc. I thought Ready they must have had another down. dog. No, it was this dog that they oh. thought its leg had been caught up a couple of weeks ago in a stroke. And you have, you have your arms, people have strokes and their arms are stuck 
on their chest sort of thing. Oh, yeah. They can't move. Yeah. That's what they thought was happening with their dog. But I've never seen that in the dog. I thought, no, no, it couldn't be the same thing. I got out, my nurse got out, we called the dog over and they said, yes, this is the dog. And I had a look and yes, dogs have a claw on the side of their leg called the dew claw on the side of the front leg, the inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the dew claw. The dew claw had grown along and caught in the collar of this dog. It happened two or three weeks ago and this dog had just accepted it. That that's Oh, so get... his leg wasn't actually... He hadn't had a stroke, Stephen. He was <laughs> fine. And they were going to put him down. They didn't realise. They're, they're elderly. They didn't have great vision. It was a sort of cross Kelpie border collar. So it had a bit of a longer coat and they didn't know this, that it was its claw stuck there. They just thought oh. it must have had a stroke, the poor thing. And they were waving and trying to massage the leg, not realising what happened. So I... Gently pulled the dew claw out of the collar. We clipped its nails and thankfully we were able to just go home very happily and the people were delighted that we didn't have to put the dog to sleep. Uh, and so the lesson there is keep your dew claws very short and always check and make sure that they don't get caught in the collar. I couldn't believe it. There was a second time it's happened to me. Lightning struck twice. So it was uh, it was uh, very thankful because I hate that when it, it's time to put any animal down. Mm. You know, mm. And the, as I say, this dog comes up to you, he, he's delighted to see you. And, and that's the way dogs greet you. Even when it is their time to be put to sleep, they come up and just you know, nestle into me sometimes and I pat them. I can see they're in pain and they lick your hands as you go to lift their leg. It's not an easy task for any veterinarian. I know we've talked about this before as well. It's something that I hate every veterinarian in the world hates doing it, and so do the, our veterinary nurses. And so sometimes when it's time for your dog to be put to sleep, spare a th thought for the people that actually have to do it as well. You know, oh, I can't imagine how difficult that would be. It is, it is awful and it gets worse with age. <laughs> the older I get, the harder it gets to do, I've got to say. But thankfully for this dog, he's running around on all four legs again and the people are very happy. So was I. You know, dogs really are everything humans should be. Oh, yeah. Very I reckon. Well said. Well said, my friend. If we could learn a little bit from our dogs each time, live a little bit more like Well, a dog. just as far as, you know, forgiveness and just all sorts of things and mm. all sorts of traits that dogs have, we'd all be much better off. Okay, Rob, let's talk about rescue dogs. Now, it's a very popular route to go for a lot of people, mm. um, which is great, of course. But what are some of the risks of buying a, a mature dog, a dog that you don't really know a lot about their history and you're having to make a, um, a decision, you know, with, with not a lot of time to spare, you mm -hmm. don't get to test its temperament. What, what are some things that people should look out for in, first a, of in all, a mature dog? Yeah, I think the very first thing you've got to look out for is you. Are you patient? Because you need it. If you, you know, you've got well, to more, more with a mature dog. Well, any dog, but very often people go, oh, I'm going to go rescue a dog, and they don't have the patience for anything. You know, if you own a dog, you should have patience. Yeah. Um, I guess you've got to think about your garden, because sometimes dogs and gardens don't go together. And the commitment that you're going to put into this dog. Are you seriously going to be committed or do you just want to have a dog because everybody's got the dog at the moment because of COVID, everybody wants a dog? You know, are, are you serious about your commitment 
do you realise that you have to have the dog vaccinated? You have to worm the dog. You have to uh, you know, have maybe regular checkups. Certainly, you have to walk the dog, exercise the dog, feed the dog. It's obvious. Uh, keep the water in a cool place. All the things that we've talked about on the doggy pod in the past. So, what's your commitment? And you want to go on holidays eventually if COVID <laughs> ever finishes, yeah. which it will. <clears throat> Where's the dog going to go when you're on holidays? That's the first thing I'd say to yourself. Have a good look into all the reasons why you may not want a dog. If you can't commit to all those things, If you don't tick those boxes, don't bother. Yeah. And then the next thing is, okay, I do want a dog. I'm, I'm going to commit. I'm going to do all those things. Have a look at the place you're going to get the dog from. Is there a return policy? Yeah, that's very important. A lot mm. of these places say, no, you, you pay the money and uh, no return, that's it, off you go. They're not really rescue places. They're just trying to make money. Um, but if the dog doesn't fit into your lifestyle for whatever reason, can you easily return the dog? You should be able to because that, you know, you're trying to give a forever home to a dog. Mm. But if it doesn't work out, we don't want to just kick the dog out and we'll send the dog to a pound where it's going to possibly be euthanized. We want to make sure you have a good return policy. Once you get the dog home, you have to establish a relationship with this dog. Sure, feeding, walking, sleeping, we've talked about those, but don't forget to talk to your dog. You know, it's just a new dog. Talk to it all the time, as much as you can. Certainly, when the dog's eating, you should be able to pat the dog gently and talk to it while it's eating, saying, good dog, good dog. Dogs love hearing the sound of a human voice. It's in their DNA. And so if you can do that, that helps establish the relationship. As far as the temperament testing, sure, when you go to buy the dog, you can ask the people, do you have a uh, temperament test that you pass the dogs through before you send them off to a home? Mm. Uh, that's really important. What some places do before they put them up yeah, for sale. Yeah, they'll have a, a trainer or a behaviourist or someone that can have a look at the temperament of the, the dog to make sure it's okay. Have a look at the reaction of the dog to strangers, and that's you. You're a stranger to this dog. What's the reaction? Friendly, comes up to you. If not, maybe it's not the dog for you. See, most dogs will give you that uh, pick me, pick me, pick me yeah, and, look, and, and that's they'll what wag you want. their tail and they'll do yeah. everything they're supposed to and do. And they're not cowering back, and that's what you want. Mm. Now, what's the dog like with children? That sounds like a weird thing. You may not have any children yourself. But children are probably going to come to your home or you know, visit or you're going to see mm. children on the, on the street. If the dog's bad with children, you might want to think, well, not for me. Because it mightn't be your child, but if the dog bites a child, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Does the dog have any phobias? Ask them. Is ask the, the dog? Yeah, ask the dog. But ask the, the rescue place. Have you noticed any problems with storms or you know, does it bark all the time? These are things that you'll have to live with. And then have a look at the breed that maybe, you know, it's crossbred probably, but what breed roughly does it come from? And because each breed has its own predispositions to certain behaviours. And are they ones that fit in with what you want? You know, if, you've, if you just want a dog to sit on your lap and watch TV with, and you want a small dog that's, you know, like a cross pug or something like that, that's fine. If you want the dog to go running with, look for a cross kelpie, border collie, or a bigger dog that goes running. Some people buy little dogs and expect them to go for you know, two or three kilometre run. Doesn't doesn't happen. So as, as you say, a big part of it is what what how that dog's going to fit into your lifestyle exactly. and what you expect of it. And for goodness sakes, do not believe that you can't teach old dogs new tricks. Where's your nearest <laughs> obedience school? 
Obedience training doesn't mean just going out teaching them to heal, sit and all that. There's lots of other things that they teach these days. Agility work for for dogs, scent work for, for dogs. Now they what's what's scent work? Using their nose to find things and track things. Dogs love it. Yeah, there's a thing called Rallyo, which is like obedience, but all on lead. You don't have to take them off the lead, and you do little exercises where you, you know, going through different little jumps, and yeah, sometimes they've got little jumps. So you've got to step over yourself. Mm. They're all just fun for the dogs. These are all things. Would you commit to any of these things for your new rescue dog? Give him an environment that's richer than he's had in the past. And talking of environments. You're going to buy some good toys for him, and where is he going to sleep? You know what I always say: open that back door, let the mm. dog in. Yeah, you know, if you can have the dog inside the house, it establishes a much better relationship between the new dog and yourself. You're allowing the dog to become part of your pack, and that's what dogs want. They want to live in that area. They want to live with you, and they're very happy when they're sleeping in in the same room with you. Not like my dog at 5.30 every morning lately. He's jumping on my head. <laughs> but, but Good morning, beside, Oh, unbelievable. He's a happy dog, that dog. But, yeah, yeah, laying beside you on a nice warm bed somewhere on the ground is where they should be. Not on the bed itself. No. No. And don't forget, you know, is the dog okay with being confined? You know, is he, is he an escape artist? Has this dog escaped from other homes? You know, the sort of fencing you have is going to establish what sort of dog you have, of course, because a Kelpie can jump just about any fence. If it's an escape artist, it'll get out. You know, it'll dig underneath or it'll scale a fence of any kind if it's a big, long dog that can do that sort of thing. So just be a bit careful with those sort of things, making sure you've got a dog that will calmly come into your house and think about a decent-sized crate to crate train the dog. You know, feed the dog in the crate... Uh, why do you, why do you need to crate train a dog? Because, firstly, if the dog gets sick, where are you going to go? You're going to go to the vet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's the vet going to put it? In a cage. If the dog is crate trained, it accepts the cage and it gets better, gets over its illness a lot faster if it's not stressing. So if it's crate trained, there's a good, good reason. Uh, people are coming over and you just want to put the dog away for a minute because there's you know, food on the table and you, you know, it's a new dog. So if it's crate trained, just in your crate with a bone, a raw bone would be fine, or a Kong with some you know, uh, food inside it, something to give it some treats in there mm-hmm. so that it can stay in the cage while you have your visitors over and not getting hair all over the visitors. Those sort of things are quite reasonable for, for a dog to accept. Is it fair to say that most dogs that are in rescue centres have come from a broken home, have come from... <laughs> A home where it didn't actually work out for whatever reason? Um, sometimes, well, a lot of dogs, yes, they're, they're surrendered because they haven't worked out or they're found on the street without a microchip or worse still, you know, the owners have passed away and their family doesn't want to keep the dog anymore so the dog's surrendered to a home. These are the sort of reasons that we often see dogs surrendered. Now, Rob, Dr. Rob, it's time to tell us a few good war stories from the front line. Now, I'm assuming that, you know, not all dogs, believe it or not, are happy to see you when they get brought in and they're thinking, well, I don't know why I'm here. I don't like coming here. I don't like this man with the beard. He looks creepy. Uh, And I'm going to let him know that. So um, 
you must have had a few shockers in your time. Oh, some of them are unbelievable. Um, the ones that get you are the ones that you least expect. I mean, the big angry dog that comes into the place, you stay away from. Mm. You know, the dog hasn't been born that's worth you getting bitten over, is what one veterinarian has said to me. Mm-hmm. I thought, he's quite right. You know, that's true. But you so, would have been bitten many, many, many times. No, not many, many. Vets make their living out of not getting bitten. Right. You get bitten and have to have days off, you're not going to make a living. Yes. So yeah. we have to learn to read the dog and understand its, its temperament. The other thing is, don't forget, I do a lot of reproduction work in my clinic, a lot of artificial insemination. So a lot of the male dogs love coming in <laughs> to, to the clinic. <laughs> right. So they love to see me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I mean, let's call it what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yes, I mean, the first time I got nailed, and well and truly nailed, it was after hours. I was, had a, um, I remember, I forget, it was an Afghan hound. I had to do a caesarean section on this Afghan hound. And I was just picking up its leg. And this dog, I didn't know, it was quite friendly, unexpected, hated its feet being touched because right. it had, had been frightened by someone cutting its nails. I picked up the leg and this dog went whack right into me. I only picked up to give it, you know, put a cast bit you? Bit me and right through my left hand, deep with its canine. And... Pulled out straight away and I pulled back and, and this thing was bleeding like crazy. I thought, wow. great, what am I going to do now? I've got to scrub in for a surgery on this dog. It's after hours. I can't, you know, nothing can be done. So I put my, I drew up some things, got some things ready, washed my hand with some disinfectant, dried it, put my hand on the table, was about to inject some local anaesthetic into to the area. Into yourself? Hand, into myself. And I thought... No, it's going to sting too much. So I put that down, picked up the needle and thread and boom, put two stitches, three stitches into this area on, in my left hand, just using my right hand, and it stopped the bleeding. What, what was the dog doing while this was happening? Just watching. <laughs> the, owner was, well, the owner was very apologetic and I hope it's all right. Stitched up my hand, was able to then put a little dri- dressing on, scrubbed, doused it with alcohol so I could scrub properly. And we got in, did the cesarean. Next day, I went to the doctors, and this is early in my career. So, hang on. So, you did the cesarean with <clears throat> stitches you'd just put in your own hand. Correct, but <laughs> but doused the whole area with alcohol so the dog wouldn't get infected. It was mm. all right. It's okay. Um, I went to the doctors and I said, oh, "I'm just here to you know, update my tetanus shot. I got bitten by a dog." She said, "Oh, you better show me in case it needs some stitches or something." I said, oh, "It's okay. I've stitched it myself." <laughs> she said, "What?" And when she retired only a, a couple of years ago, my doctor said. You know, you're the only person who've come in and stitched their own hand in all my 50 years plus of being a doctor. Well, I'm not surprised by that, no. <laughs> so that was, the, that was the first real big bite that I'd had. Um, another, another time, again, it was a, a breed I didn't expect. It's always, you know, it's not the breed that may be aggressive because you're just very cautious with mm. those. It's mm. when you let down your guard. And it was a, a, a golden retriever. And I least expected it. Just I went up to it, and it was coming up to me to say hello. So I thought, and boy, did it grab me right in the groin. Bit you? Yep. And I couldn't believe it. It just went straight in. And I'm glad it wasn't. <laughs> Sorry, right. I shouldn't laugh. I'm glad it wasn't right in the centre. <laughs> it was just my inner thigh got bitten. Any higher, and I, I would have. Yes, you wouldn't be speaking quite as uh, with a low voice as you do it. now. That's it. It'd be a very high voice. Um, so, yeah, that was extremely – these are the dogs that you don't expect. Yeah, golden retrievers are known to be very friendly dogs. I've, they used to be my go-to big dog for a family dog. 
No, so that I, dog just bit you for no under no, no reason, provocation or no anything. No reason whatsoever. Right. And the owner just took a dislike to your groin. And the owner then said to me, "Oh yes, um, uh, that's been the problem with this dog. <laughs> that's why I'm here." I'm like, great. Now you tell me, <laughs> the dog that's most likely to bite is the one where the owner comes in and says to me. Oh, don't worry, he doesn't bite. Straight away they volunteer that he doesn't bite. Right. Now, dog, people that have dogs that don't bite never think to say, my dog doesn't bite. When right. people say to me, oh, don't worry, he doesn't bite, I know straight away <laughs> there are problems afoot. <laughs> I've learnt that Be very aware. quickly. Yeah. Be aware of the dog that never bites or the owner declares it never bites. <laughs> I can hear some dogs uh, now. There's always dogs They're in the agreeing with here. me. Those dogs are agreeing with me. Yes, always watch out for those dogs, Dad. They're saying be careful of those dogs. When we record the doggy pod in our studio, there's always a bunch of dogs outside hanging around, sometimes <laughs> yeah. outside, sometimes inside. <laughs> yeah. Um Wow. Okay. That's pretty. Yeah. That's yeah so the, the, in that groin area was uh, was pretty bad, um, and one time it was so bad it, it did tear through a fair bit. And fortunately, what was here was the police dog squad car, and he said, "Oh, that's terrible. We're going to take you to the hospital." Threw me in the do- dog squad car, and off I went to hospital in the dog squad car with the sirens blaring. I, had a, I was holding on because it was bleeding, and they, they were. So it was quite a deep. It was deep cut, and they worried maybe femoral artery. I knew it wasn't femoral artery because I would have been dead. Yeah, <laughs> right. But, but you were um, bleeding a lot. Bleeding yeah. a bit, so in it went, and some stitches and things, and away it went. And the owner's still standing in the surgery going, but my dog doesn't bite. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Watch out for the dog that doesn't bite. So, Robert, I know you get asked this question a lot, just like babies and humans. Should we be feeding puppies a different type of food to uh, an adult dog? I mean, most people would just go and buy normal dog food, I'm guessing, and and off they go. Unfortunately, they do. um, And a good breeder will give you a diet chart. If you've gone to a breeder because you like their adult dogs Mm. and it's a good breeder, they'll give you a diet chart. That has been designed by them, and that's how they get their adult dogs looking so good. Right. So I always tell people, follow that diet sheet. The only time I will change from their diet sheet is when I look at the dog and there are problems afoot. Then we change very quickly. So, yeah, be very aware of the needs of dogs throughout their life. You know, babies certainly require different food to adults, Hmm. and... When you become a geriatric, your food requirements change again. They kind of go back to where you started. Right? Yeah, it's about it. back to baby food. Mm, back to <laughs> so mush. It is very, very important. You know, one of the things that we know, dogs, you know, growing puppies, just like growing humans, need more protein, more fats, and, and a very different level of calcium to adults. Remember that dogs reach maturity roughly 12 months of age. They've reached maturity and their bones are starting to set. The bigger dogs may go a little bit longer, the smaller dogs a bit sooner, but around 12 months of age. So you've only got 12 months to get it right. Mm. You know, with me, it took me 21 years to get this ugly, and then I just got uglier. <laughs> but with dogs, it's all over in 12 months. You make a mistake in that first 12 months, the dog suffers for the rest of its life. You don't get a lot of time to fix it. So you've got to get in there very quick and do it right. So what's the important thing? Firstly, yes, you want a good level of protein, not too much. You don't want to be pushing it too fast with big dogs. But for people who don't know, I mean, what's the what's a good level of protein? Well, anywhere around from 
21 to 28% is, is the level of protein that I like, depending on the breed. And talk but to you what would if that you're be, not though? sure. It'll tell you on the packet, 21 to 28% level protein, crude protein. Right. That's important. Yeah, it'll have a higher level of fats because they burn a lot more calories. Yeah, and again, it depends on the breed and how much exercise they get, how much calories they need. The calcium level is essential, has to be right. It has to be 1.2 to 1.4 of calcium to phosphorus. Now, here's the big one. People love to feed a lot of meat to dogs because they think they're carnivores. Mm. A carnivore is not a meat eater. A carnivore is only a meat eater in a bio, biology exam. A carnivore is actually an animal eater. They eat the whole animal. So when a pack of dogs in the wild bring down a herbivore, a pack of canines do that, mm. the first place they go, Stephen, is the soft meat in the, in the abdomen. Mm. Now, through that soft meat, they get a whole heap of blood and they get a lot of fat and they get a lot of cooked cereal because a lot of cooked vegetable because the... Um, what's inside the herbivore is a whole lot of vegetable, vegetable yeah. matter cooking in the intestinal tract. So it's cooked vegetables, not just vegetables, but cooked vegetables. Then they go for bone, which has calcium, along the brisket. Heaps of bone in there. And so they keep that calcium-phosphorus level right. If you feed just meat, then the phosphorus level goes up dramatically and the, the blood monitors that and says, whoa, hang on, there's an actual little gland in the body called the parathyroid gland says too much phosphorus in the blood mm. so it releases calcium from the bones it re-establishes that good ratio in the blood to help the muscle but the bone has leached itself of calcium and so these puppies have very flat feet and they're very loose in what's called their pastern or their wrist and they, they're down on pastern with big flat feet so we then have to try and fix that very quickly. Dogs absorb usually around about 70% of the calcium that's in their, in their um, intestinal tract. Now, the other thing is don't overfeed your puppy. You know, dogs will beg. Begging is not an emotional crisis for the dog. Uh, it's not a test of your love. Because the dog will just keep eating. Absolutely. It's, it, begging is an evolutionary survival tactic from dogs. Mm. You know, for, for years they were in our camps and they were begging for bits of scraps and things. Now we feed them properly. And you know, they know they're giving their food, but they still have that tendency, the propensity to say, can I have some of that What's on your plate? Mm. Don't be tempted to give it to them. But they give you that look. Absolutely, every time. But as uh, Professor Kirk said in his book years ago on nutrition with dogs, keep them lean but keep them growing. That's the important thing. You make, make them overweight and they're going to have problems with hips and elbows and, and spinal joints and everything else is going to go. Their, their knee joints are going to go. Do not make them overweight. Keep them nice and, you know, not doesn't have to be skinny, but, okay, a little bit rounder but not fat. That's the important mm. thing, and, and allow them to grow properly and watch their feet. If you're not sure, talk to your veterinarian. They'll be able to assist you with any dietary problems. So if you've got a brand-new puppy, are there any foods you should definitely not be feeding it um, until yeah. it's older? Well, the poor-grade poor adult foods are definitely out. Too much meat is definitely out. Uh, anything like pork knuckles and chicken bones and things like that, definitely out. People do say, oh, no, I feed chicken carcasses. Well, if you want to, but it's not the best food out, I'll mm. tell you now. People do it all the time, think I'll get away with it, but they also get the pups that dead on arrival, 
And on postmortem, we culture of the gut, and what do we get? Salmonella. And when I get that, I'll say, oh, you're feeding this, you're feeding this dog chicken carcasses. Yes, what's that got to do with it? Well, that's where the salmonella came from for a start. Because I'm guessing puppies are more vulnerable. Yeah, very much so. They're going to be, you know, they have the, um, the immune system to cope with all of these things, and you get salmonella, well, can, it's just like salmonella in babies, much worse than salmonella in adults. You don't want it in either, but when it happens in babies, it can be fatal. So the all-meat diet is out. But the other thing that dogs do need, of course, they need to chew. You know, so bones? Bone. Or? I like bones. I like raw bones, mm. but, but the softer type. Brisket bones are fine uh, or lamb necks are good, those sort of bones. I, as I said, forget the chicken bones, for goodness sakes. You know, I keep saying that. I harp on that every mm. time. Chicken bones are out. Cooked bones are out. Definitely no cooked bones. I'm not f- fond of pork bones, and I'm not fond of a lot of the smoke things that are available for puppies, uh, smoke bones. But I do want them to have some raw bone, and that, I give them that from the start. People say, but they can't eat it. I'm not asking them to eat it. I just want them to chew on it, get, mm. get used to bones, and also help them with teething. Teething can be a real problem in dogs, and you don't want them teething on stuff out in the garden. Do I see tetanus in dogs? Not very often, but when do I see tetanus? When the dog is teething and they don't have anything to chew and they go out in the garden and chew on things that may harbour tetanus. So Mm. satisfy the need to chew. Satisfy, especially when they're teething. They should have that all the time. But don't give them anything that's bad for them, just a nice raw soft bone. All right, with the sound of barking dogs in the background, <laughs> uh, that wraps up this episode of The Doggy Bod. Please remember to um, look us up on Facebook if you don't already, follow us on Instagram. And, and remember, tell a friend, and all of the, all of the episodes are, are there on your favourite platform. You might have missed one or two going back over the last year or so. Anyway, we will see you next week on the Doggy Pod. Um, Do you want to say a special goodbye, Rob? I certainly do. It's amazing how much love and laughter dogs bring into our lives, but it's also amazing how much closer they make us us to each other. Do they? Mm, We do. Dogs do. Food for thought. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.